Welcome back to To Honesty and Comeuppance, a podfic hosted on AO3, written by yours truly, Tolstoy Ackerman. Thanks to everybody who's been liking the story so far. If you've given it a listen, feel free to pop over to AO3 and leave a comment for me on that chapter, letting me know what you thought about it. Um, You can find the link to my AO3 website in my profile on Anchor, which is the link that's listed in the summary of each chapter on AO3. So yeah, thanks. I just love hearing from you guys. Um, Okay, let's get straight into chapter 3. Oh, and disclaimer, (laughs) I do not own Attack on Titan in any way. Okay, now let's for real get into chapter 3. Chapter 3. An Unexpected Buyer at the First Sale Two long, arduous years came and went. In that time, Himmel had watched all of the children around her grow into capable, driven young adults. Many of them even looked like they could stand a chance against a titan or two. The truth of Himmel's age had come out somewhere along the way, and before she knew it she had become something like a big sister to many of them. It wasn't all that different from the role she had served in the Undercity, though instead of stealing and killing to provide goods to her people, now she was making sure that each of the recruits had all the skills they needed to succeed. If any of them struggled in any area, she would sneak out with them to do extra training, whatever they needed to improve. Letters from the Undercity continued to pour in every night. Usually it was two or three, but sometimes she'd get as many as five. Nathaniel, Robert, and Vanessa were proving themselves capable, but the Undercity was such an untamable and unpredictable beast that almost every day they would have several things they needed advice for. Himmel found herself having to sneak out to handle things down there less and less, to the point that she only made an excursion a couple times a month now. In late fall, eight cadets, including Himmel, were called into Commander Sadie's office to receive mock porter missions. These supply runs were something that were carried out by all branches of the military, and were therefore an essential aspect of training. The eight were to lead their group of four other cadets, and before Sadie's, they all unfolded their mission orders and read them carefully. It wasn't the first time they'd done these. Last time, she'd headed a team of five that took a wagon from the Cadet Corps barracks to Mitras and back. This time, though, she read it three times in a row, eyes growing wider with each pass. There had to be a mistake. She was to take two wagons of food and medicine to the only Wall Maria city that remained inhabited, Nedley. Though none of the other Wall cities had been hit like Shiganshina had, all of their residents had attempted to evacuate to Wall Rose, except for Nedley. Beneath Nedley was the mine that provided the military with all of its steel. It was absolutely necessary that it remain inhabited, and its mines continued to be used. Himmel knew that the Survey Corps had been running supplies to them ever since Wall Maria fell. Why were they having mere cadets go out into Titan territory now? Commander Sadies, a word please, Himmel said. If it's about your mission, there's no mistakes in it. Carry it out. Yes, sir, she said, though she wanted to demand a proper explanation from him. She and the other leaders filed out, and as soon as they were out of earshot of Sadies, Himmel leaned over to Jean and said, Where are you guys headed for? It turned out that no one other than her team was going outside the walls. At the entrance gates of the Cadet Corps training barracks were seven wagons and a multitude of horses readied by the men. Himmel was trying to grapple with the fear churning in her stomach as she went over to her team, none of whom had any idea where they were going. She had joined, knowing that she would go beyond the walls and face Titans. It was the entire reason she had joined. And yet, when faced with the prospect of actually going into Titan territory for the first time, 
Her fingertips trembled. This was different from a heist or putting a stop to a stupid little gang. These were gigantic monsters that didn't listen to reason and never retreated. Her eyes fell on her four teammates and the dread only worsened. As leader, their lives were in her hands. She beckoned them to the shadows of the nearest barrack, away from all the others, and they led their horses by the bridles. Eren, Mikasa, Armin, and Kani looked to her excitedly, but Armin had a slightly puzzled look on his face. No doubt he had already realized something was up. Why weren't we given a cart? Kani said. There was no dressing this up. Himmel said, Everyone else is doing a mock supply run, but we're doing a real one. We're taking medicine and food up north to Nedley. Going through Wal Maria? Armin said, his fear written all too clearly on his face. Himmel nodded. We're to take our horses north through Orvid and to Utopia. We'll get our two wagons there and take a path up through the mountains to get to Nedley. I know it's Titan territory, but the last survey reported low numbers, and it's cold enough that they'll be less active. They don't expect us to have to engage any, and if we do, you can trust me to get us all out of there, no matter what. There was an excited fire in Eden's eyes. He could hardly stand still. Only his grip on the bridles of his and Himmel's horses were what kept him from jumping with eagerness. We're going to be the first cadets to get a taste of action. Hopefully we don't get to see any action, Mikasa said. I'm here to become an MP. I never had any plans of going beyond the walls, Connie said. I get that, Himmel said, and I respect it. You have my word that I'll keep you out of harm's way. Himmel, you can't make that kind of promise. Armin said. No offense, but you've never even seen a real titan. Armin was never wrong. Himmel put a hand on his shoulder and felt him quivering. You're right. I'm worried too. But believe me when I say I've been in some real pinches before, and I've always found a way to get out of them. Maybe I could tell you guys one of them on the way. Commander Sadies was giving them all his vicious glare. All the other teams were departing, and they were going to start their mission late. Buck up, men, Himmel said. Check your gear one more time, and then let's get on our horses and show them just how much we've learned. Only Mikasa and Eren were confident as they double-checked their belts, ODM gear, and blade boxes. Connie and Armin were clearly shaken, and Himmel tied her long blonde curls up in a bandana as she flashed Sadie's a glower. Whatever the fuck this was, it was underhanded. She should have been given men that wanted to go beyond the walls. Once everyone was on their horses, Himmel took point and led them out of the safety of the barracks. It was quite a long way from the training grounds south of Ermich all the way to its sister city Orvud and further north to Utopia. This by itself took them an entire day, and that evening they stayed in a spare room in the Utopia garrison barracks. They would be heading out at first light with both wagons, and none of them could sleep. Himmel kept herself busy by first writing a letter to Nathaniel, letting him know she'd be unreachable for the next few days, which she gave to a nearby innkeeper that she knew. Back in the barracks, everyone was sitting in their beds looking anxious. She knew that as their leader and as the eldest, she needed to say something to reassure them. Even if she were scared as well, she needed to be strong for them. She chewed on her lip beneath her bandana for a moment, and then spoke before she could decide against it. I have something that might put you guys at ease, but only if you promise not to tell anyone else. They all perked up. We can keep a secret, Eden said quickly. I really need you all to swear on it. Everyone did, and then Himmel said, Commander Erwin headhunted me. Head of the Survey Corps, Erwin Smith? Connie said, unable to hide his disbelief. Yes. He gave me the option of bypassing the Cadet Corps and joining the Survey Corps, but I said I wanted to get used to military life, and that's why I'm here with you guys in the 104th. 
You've been average through all of our training, though, Connie said. Why would he want you? I'm keeping myself out of the top ten because I have no interest in the MPs. Mikasa's gaze was sharp. What did you do in the Undercity to catch Commander Erwin's eyes? Well, let's just say I did something that made him think I could go outside the walls without proper training, Himmel said. You said you ran a charity down there, didn't you? Armin said quietly. Himmel nodded. Best not to ask anything further. But whatever happens out there, you can trust that I've got some tricks up my sleeve. While this had given them some confidence, it also created more questions about her. The following morning, they were entrusted with two wagons. Armin and Connie manned them. Himmel and Eden took point ahead of the wagons, and Mikasa took up the rear. Himmel felt more than a small amount of trepidation at the thought of traveling beyond Wall Rose. It would be her first time in Titan territory, and even though she knew that the likelihood of them coming across a Titan in the remote north was small, she couldn't help but become worried. Humans were so small and so easy to kill. She, Mikasa, and Eden had done pretty well during the Titan killing drills, but those had just been plywood dummies with predictable movements and no quick limbs and strong fingers to rip them out of the air. As the walls were closed behind them by the garrison, and Himmel realized that they were officially on their own, she felt the weight of their lives bearing down on her all the more. Even though she had already done it more times than she could count, she assessed each of her teammates. Eren was free-spirited, and Mikasa served only one person in the entire world, but she could rely on Eren to listen to her, and Mikasa to listen to him. Armin and Connie would rely on Himmel's practical experience and quick thinking. Armin could come up with the best of strategies, if given time, but Himmel could develop a stopgap in the blink of an eye. Connie, well, Connie was best following what Armin or Himmel said. Having Connie and Armin man the wagons was the safest option. They were the most likely to hesitate. They needed two up front, but they also needed a strong rear defense. Mikasa was the best in the entire cadet corps, and Himmel felt confident that she could leave her in the rear and not regret it. Eden was capable, but prone to jumping ahead. Keeping him up front with Himmel, where she could jump in and protect him if he made a bad judgment, was the safest choice for him. Certain that the team's formation was optimal, she turned her attention to their surroundings. It was so strange to see such an open space. Himmel knew that this was still land within the walls, but she had never seen such a large amount of plains, and the sky was unlimited, with nothing other than the mountains to the north blocking their view. On the other side of that mountain was Nedley, their destination. All of the latest reports claimed almost no Titan sightings, and the chilly autumn weather and early nightfall further reduced their chances of having to engage one this far north. Himmel didn't dare drop her guard, but she did take heart in this information. When the sun fell, the five of them took shelter in a thicket of woods. Just before the last daylight was gone, Himmel used her ODM gear to go to the highest tree in the woods and check for any Titan activity, but she could see none in any direction. They would be safe for tonight. All clear, she announced as she landed in the clearing. Should be fine for the night, but we'll have to decide who'll take watch. Connie made a fire for them while the others tended to the horses, and once the horses were fully taken care of and bedding was laid out, the five of them sat down for their meals of ration biscuits and water. If Sasha was here, I bet she could get us a rabbit or something, Connie mused as he chewed on the dry hardtack. I think she'd eat the whole thing before we knew about it, though, Eden laughed. Give her some credit. She's gotten better at sharing food. Armin took a drink of water. But hey, I've been thinking about our training. Don't you guys think it's odd that we're the only ones with a real mission outside the walls? They must have a lot of confidence in us, Eden said. 
Right, but what about Reiner and Jean and Annie and them? There's a ton of other people as talented as we are, but none of them were sent on a mission, Connie said. They only sent us because we're the best, obviously, Himmel laughed. We're all very capable and trustworthy, and we're proven to have good cohesion. That's simple. Now that the cogs were turning in Armin's mind, they wouldn't stop. But if we really are the best, why would they risk us by sending us out into Titan territory unsupervised? Even new members of the Survey Corps aren't sent out without a seasoned team leader. Well, we're being sent to the safest area of the mall, during the time of year where Titan activity begins to slow, Himmel reasoned. They know that all of us but Connie intend to join the Survey Corps. Maybe they've pegged Connie as being apt for the Survey Corps, too. You have been doing a pretty good job on the mock Titan drills. Though, Himmel thought to herself, it was more than likely that this was more of a training mission directly for her. No matter the score she received during her three years of training, her place in the Survey Corps was guaranteed. They all knew she had what it took to fight Titans and risk her life. They had learned over the past two years that she worked well in a team, and that she was even capable of leading a small group of compliant children who looked up to her. But now they had sent her into actual Titan territory, with the three most stuck-together, stubborn people in the world, and the most indecisive member of the 104th. This was a test just for her, to see if she would be capable of handling a team of her own in the Survey Corps. Why they were giving her this test now of all times puzzled her, but she would work that out later. Himmel got out a notepad and pen from her pack. I'll just start keeping the mission report. And I know that I'm the captain on paper, but we're all equals in my book. If shit hits the fan, only then will I ask you to do what I say. They finished eating their meals. Connie had snuck a pack of playing cards into his pack, and they played poker with twigs in lieu of money. After that, they took turns on watch. Since Himmel only needed a maximum of three hours of sleep a night, she took the longest watch and then roused Mikasa a few hours before daylight to take her place. Once the sun was up, Mikasa woke them all up. They strapped on their ODM gear once more, got on the horses, and set off northwards, following the stone road that now had weeds growing up between the cobblestones. They had put on their sweaters beneath their jackets, as they would be reaching the mountains that night. The plan was to spend the night at the foot of the mountain in the trees there, and then spend the next day going up and down the mountain. It would be too cold and risky to traverse at night. The forest at the foot of the mountain was thick, and covered nearly half a kilometer. The path here was still paved, but it would turn to dirt once they began the actual climb. Even though it was the afternoon, and there was still a reasonable amount of light, beneath the trees it felt dark and foreboding. Chatty Connie and Eden had drifted into silence at some point, and the only sounds were those of the horse's hoofs and the clatter of the carts. Hey, Connie said, so quietly his voice was little more than a whisper. I can't hear any birds. He was right. Himmel hadn't noticed the difference because she had never lived in a place where birdsong was commonplace. Everyone switch to vertical maneuvering, get up into the trees, Himmel said sharply, and all four of them leapt up onto sturdy branches. The horses stopped and stood in place, and all five recruits looked around, adrenaline kicking in and making them breathe heavily. Himmel struggled to keep herself calm. The trees were ten meters high, and standing as high in the trees as they were, they would be able to see any titans that were ten meter class or above. We should get on the horses and get out of here, Eden whispered. They could be up ahead of us, Armin countered. Armin's right, Himmel said. We move in twos and threes, in unison, as silently as possible. Mikasa, Kani, check the right. Eden, Armin, we check the left. Mikasa made to argue that the boys should be with her, but both maneuvered over to Himmel before Mikasa could say anything. Now wasn't the time to have all of your friends together. 
Now was the time to keep them alive. They made their way carefully from tree to tree, moving further from the horses and closer to the slope of the mountain, scanning deep into the forest for anything unusual. Himmel was constantly looking over at Mikasa and Kani, who were also finding nothing. After about 50 meters of careful maneuvering, Himmel began to wonder if it had just been a false alarm. It was close to dusk, and most birds did begin to grow quiet around that time. It was their first time in Titan territory, and anyone could forgive them for getting jumpy. These kids were only 14, and in many ways they were still wet around the ears, especially Connie. She shouldn't have let their worries consume her. Six! No, seven-meter class Titan! Approaching nine o'clock! Armin had been the one to shout, and Himmel's head snapped to the left to see her first real Titan in the flesh. Seven meters. Male. Tawny brown hair that was strangely well-kempt. Its eyes were closed, and its smile was pulled across its face in hideous proportions, with all of its gums and teeth showing, even back to the molars. Its mouth was open as it lumbered towards them, arms outstretched to pluck them from the boughs they stood on. Eren! Mikasa was already shouting, and Himmel knew exactly what she was thinking. Stay back and stay quiet, Himmel barked. Eren, Armin, the two of you are going to draw its attention. I want you to leap back towards the horse's some slowly, so that I can get behind it without it noticing. If it lunges, you hurry the fuck up. Both of them nodded, though she could see the hungry look in Eren's eyes. He wanted to be the one to kill it, but he had already agreed to listen to Himmel, and he trusted her enough to do so. He also knew that this way he could protect Armin, and that was probably consolation enough. The two of them whooped and hollered, and the titans slowly followed their movements as they maneuvered from one tree to the next, creating distance between them and the titan, and making it head towards them. Maybe it was because the sun was setting soon, and the forest was heavily shaded, but this one's movements were slower than the recruits had been led to believe was average. Himmel attached the blades to her device and withdrew them. She didn't think she would ever get used to how light they were compared to her own blades, but now wasn't the time to be thinking about her old life. As soon as its back was turned to her, she shot the grappling hooks into its shoulder blade and pulled the triggers. The gas kicked in, and Himmel thrust towards the titan, landing in the middle of its back. Even through the thick soles of her boots, she could feel the heat of its body. It was strange just how soft and human its flesh felt. Its attention wavered from the boys when it felt her boots slam into its back, and it began to turn its head. Himmel came back to herself felt her breath rushing through her lungs, her heart pumping, the grips of the blades in her fists. She took three running steps to stand on its shoulder and then slashed both blades through its nape, just as they had been taught. Blood gushed out, thick and hot as a geyser, splattering all down Himmel's front, and the titan fell to the ground without so much as a groan or sigh. Himmel fell with the titan and landed standing on its back, and once its entire body began to steam and decompose, she jumped off to put her feet back on solid ground. Holy shit, Himmel, you did it! Connie shouted from the trees. No time for celebrating, she said, alighting back to the trees. These woods aren't safe. We can't stay the night in them. You want us to go across the mountain at night? It'll be freezing up there, and if we lose visibility, it's either that or we stand here in these trees on guard for hours, with no guarantee that more won't come, and slowly exhaust ourselves. The five of them stood in the quiet forest for a few moments, considering their choices. Armin was the first to speak, as Himmel was wiping her blades clean out of habit. We need to get out of these trees. They allow us to fight, but they don't give us enough time to react. We were lucky that we saw this one in time, and it was slow. If we came across an abnormal here, who could say what would happen? If Armin said it, it was law. The other four nodded, and Himmel put a plan in place. Hitch the spare horses to the wagons. 
Armin, Connie, I want you two to drive the wagons. You're good with animals and have steady hands. Eden, I need you to sit in the back of the rear wagon and keep an eye out for anything that could sneak up behind us. Mikasa, you'll take the right. I'll stay here on the left. You and I will keep a few meters ahead of the wagon, scanning for titans. But if we're going to be out of these trees by nightfall, we're going to have to run the horses hard. And when we get to the mountains? Connie asked. What then? We light our lanterns and keep going. Horses can see as well at night as they can during the day. We can trust them on the roads. Armin frowned. There aren't many trees on the other side of the mountain, if this map is correct. Just a couple abandoned villages. If Titans are this far north, there's a likelihood there'll be more waiting for us on the other side. The Titan blood that had covered her front and face was evaporating away, the steam clouding her vision. We'll make this work. They wouldn't have given us this mission if they didn't think we could do it. Ready the horses. We'll start moving as soon as I have visibility. Everyone doubled back to the horses, and Eden, Armin, and Connie leapt down to harness the three spare steeds to the wagons, while Mikasa stayed in the trees, keeping watch. She was still on edge, just like everybody. Since it had been proven that there was Titan activity in this very area, they were currently in the most dangerous place possible. The sooner they could get out of here, the better. All right, we're all set down here, Connie said. Connie was manning the front wagon, and Armin held the reins of the back wagon. Eden sat on top of the tarp-covered crates, looking alert. Himmel had been concerned that maybe he would want to be in the trees, on the front line, as it were, but it looked like he understood the importance of covering the rear as well. By now, all of the blood from the Titan had steamed away into nothing, and Himmel could see again. Mikasa took out her own blades, and at Himmel's signal, they began moving through the trees once more. They were losing daylight quickly, and while it meant they would be less likely to run into a Titan, the lack of visibility would also increase everyone's anxiety. They needed out of these trees as quickly as possible, but they couldn't afford the risk of going too fast and missing a stationary or small titan. And speaking of... A four-meter class was standing fifteen meters deeper into the trees. The fact that it was standing so still, even though it was looking at her, had it gotten close enough to nightfall that it was running out of energy? Or was it an abnormal? Four meters were smaller, but it still posed a serious risk. Four-meter class, eight o'clock, I'll engage. Himmel propelled herself, not directly towards it, but to the right, so that she could swing around and get it from behind. However, it seemed to come alive when it saw her move, and it turned around to meet her with an alarming speed. Its mouth split open into a wide grin, and its hands, each palm larger than Himmel's torso, shot out to grab her from mid-ear. That ain't happening, she shouted, and spun in the air with her blades aimed precisely, slashing off its hands at the wrists. Its screams echoed through the forest and made Himmel's ears hurt, but propelled by the adrenaline, she shot forward, climbed up its chest, and then swept her blades deep through its nape, killing it instantly. Again she was splashed with scalding hot blood, and she cursed as she propelled back to a tree branch before she could fall with the titan. Himmel! I'm fine, she yelled. Their blood is just hot. It's down. She swapped her steaming bloody bandana for a clean one in her pocket, and then hurried back to the road where the others were waiting in trepidation. I didn't see any others with it, but that one might have been an abnormal. Keep moving. Himmel and Mikasa proceeded, and Himmel replaced her blades as they moved. Armin and Connie led the wagons in their wake. Oi, Himmel, you better not be planning to hog all the kills, Eden said. She laughed. <laughs> At this rate, we might all get a chance. Stay on your toes. Though honestly, Himmel thought as they continued through the forest, she hoped that all the titans ran straight at her. She didn't want these kids to be in danger. Even though Mikasa, Armin, and Eden knew firsthand the horrors of the titans, and their determination was absolute, it didn't necessarily mean that it would give them the strength and luck needed to down one. 
They made it through the remaining hundred meters of forest without incident. The trees thinned, and there were a few abandoned homes dotting the clear area. The sun was a small red spot on the horizon, and it was nearly dark. All right, we'll take a 30-minute break here on a roof, Himmel said, and then we'll start the climb. Let's eat and talk formation. They tethered the horses to some long, unused posts and gave them water and feed, then used their ODM gear to sit atop a two-story farmhouse's thatched roof. They drank a little water to wash down the hardtack, and they talked amongst themselves to decide the best way to tackle the mountain. Our briefing told us that the road was clear a couple weeks ago when the last supply run was carried out, Mikasa noted, and there haven't been any heavy rains or anything that would make a landslide likely, Connie added, and no titans were seen in the mountains two weeks ago, but they have been known to appear in warmer months. Since we already saw two today, I wouldn't say the odds of stumbling across one are zero. But they'll be inactive, Armin reminded them. That's the good thing about taking the mountain at night. The roads are narrow, and even with a rock wall on one side to help us maneuver, any contact with an active titan would be disastrous. Eden had already finished eating his rations, and his brow was furrowed. If we run into one, though, even at night... We'll be fine, Himmel said strongly. It's very unlikely we'll come across one. What we need to be most concerned about is staying warm. Gloves and hats, everyone. We need to get going. Hold on a second. Himmel, you took down two titans on your own. What was it like? Aren't you tired? Connie's eyes were aglow with fascination, as were Eden's and Armin's. Mikasa was as hard to read as ever. It made me miss my swords, Himmel said. And it's nice how the blood evaporates. Usually when you kill someone, they piss and shit and bleed everywhere. Killing titans is much cleaner. A dawning realization was growing on Connie's face. Himmel, have you... I've done a lot of things, Himmel said, in a tone that made it clear she would speak no further. Come on, we need to get the lanterns lit and get going. Everyone clearly wanted to know more, but Himmel didn't think it would be wise to tell a bunch of kids they were going to be entering a mountain pass in almost total darkness with the Sabakia. The formation changed. Himmel took lead, as her night vision allowed her to see just enough that her horse could move without a lantern. Both of the carts followed, with Armin and Connie driving them as before, and Mikasa and Eren took the rear. Lanterns were affixed to Connie's cart, providing light for him and Mikasa and Eden, yet allowing Himmel and Armin's horses up front to rely primarily on their superior night vision. Thus they began the climb. The slope wasn't so extreme that the cart horses struggled, and they gained elevation steadily. Himmel's bandana kept the bottom half of her face warm, but she wondered how the others were doing behind her. No one made a sound other than the horses and the wagons. To the left of them was a sheer, rocky drop, and to the right was a sharp wall of rock with bits of scrub brush clinging to it. There would be no fear of titans appearing to the left or right at night, and this gave Himmel an immense sense of relief. The road was wide enough for a person to walk on either side of the carts, so they also had a little room in case one of the horses got skittish. Lots of cloud cover tonight, Armin said after a long while. Yeah, too bad we can't see the stars, Himmel said. The extra light would have been nice, but we're doing all right. It was hard to measure the ground they covered. In her weak sight, Himmel was only able to make out silhouettes and vague shapes, as well as the rough edge of the cliff to their left. The map said that at the halfway point they could expect a landmark of a large boulder against the wall of the mountain, but that would be the only thing to mark their progress. Time seemed to pass at a different speed in the darkness. It was something Himmel had found herself thinking many times before in the past, while waiting to ambush storehouse guards or sneak up on a supply convoy. It felt like time was standing still, until all of a sudden it was light speed, and you were scrambling to make sense of it all. 
the very limit of her range of sight, she could make out a large boulder against the mountain wall. It was absolutely hulking, nine meters high, and bulging into the path. It sure was a hell of a landmark. No one could ever miss it. Even here in the dark, Himmel could see its striking outline. The top had a strange, round protrusion, almost like there was a smaller boulder stacked on top, and Himmel could almost believe that it was a head. She shot a hand up into the air, signaling everyone to stop. What is it? Armin asked, his voice quivering. It's probably nothing, but I just want to make sure. Himmel grabbed the horse blinders out of her satchel and affixed them to the horse's bridle. Armin, pass the message back quietly that I need Eden to come up and take my horse. Have him tie his to the back of Connie's wagon. A couple minutes later, Eden stood beside Himmel. What's going on? I need to check the path ahead, Himmel said, but if my horse looks into the lantern light, it'll ruin its ability to see in the night temporarily. I just need you to sit on my horse and turn it to the side so that the blinders keep it from looking in my direction. Himmel, what's got you so worried? We're so high up in the mountain that it's starting to snow. He was right. Even now, flakes that could be mistaken for mist were falling slowly but steadily, melting when they hit the ground or their cloaks. The chance of there being a titan up here was so slim it was bordering absurd, but she couldn't shake this sick feeling in her gut. She dismounted and put the reins in Eden's hands. I'm sure it's nothing, but I'm not taking any chances. Please. Reluctantly, he did as asked, and turned the horse around so that it was facing the wall of the mountain. Himmel went to Connie's wagon and took the lantern on the left side of it, and then made her way down the path with slow, cautious steps. She drew one of her blades. Himmel! Someone hissed as they heard the familiar swish of metal. She ignored them and kept going forward, the lantern creating a small world only a meter large ahead of her. The harsh light of the lantern had tainted her night vision, and now the candle's glow was all that she had to rely on. She could no longer make out the outline of the boulder because it wasn't in the circle of light, but she knew that it had to be very close now. Only a few more steps and... Legs. Legs big enough that they could be mistaken for logs if they weren't such a sickly, wan color. And thus ends chapter three of To Honesty and Come Uppance. Thanks again for coming in and listening. And I hope to see you again soon for the next installment. Uh, like I said, please feel free to head over to AO3. You can search Tolstoy Ackerman as the author. Uh, or To Honesty and Come Uppance, the title. Pretty sure it's the only fic out there with that title, so it should be easy to find. And, you know, feel free to subscribe, like, comment, all that. Uh, I love hearing from readers and listeners. So, yeah, thanks again. And uh, just a side note, you may have noticed that some of my character name pronunciations are different. If you are an English dub watcher, I am a Japanese sub watcher. So um, I am kind of mixing some of the Japanese pronunciations and English pronunciations, just choosing the ones that I like best for each one. So <laughs> hope that doesn't bother anyone. And yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. See you again soon. Bye-bye.